Hello, basketball fans. My name's Beckham. And I'm his dad. And this is the podcast where we give a new and old hey. perspective on the world of basketball. This is The Basketball Kid. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Once again, this is Beckham. And I'm his dad. And this is the podcast where, where we talk about all things basketball. Today, our topic is Mount Rushmore. Now, the way this works is a Mount Rushmore is like your top four in a certain subject. And today, we are going to be talking about a Mount Rushmore of players from the 80s. How this is going to work is I'm going to say my pick for one of them, and then I'm going to provide reasoning for it. And then my dad's going to say his pick for one of them and yeah, do the same. So let's get started. Um, and this Mount Rushmore is specific, correct? Uh, what, yes. are we, what are we talking about for this Mount Rushmore? So, um, so yeah, um, 80s is going to be our topic for the Mount Rushmore. And some – I might, like, give stats of different things that they did to achieve my spot on this list. Okay, so basically who's going to be our Mount Rushmore of the best NBA players of the 1980s? Yes, sir. All right, okay. All right, well, Beckham, you want to get us started then? Uh, who, who, who do you got first? Yes, sir. So first I have Magic Johnson. He was the best player on the Lakers, dependable on who you ask, because some people say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But I think he was the best because without him, I mean, he provided the leadership and he constantly was like teammate first kind of guy. And so some of the reasons that I chose him for this are he was a five-time champion with the Lakers throughout the 80s. You got to think that's half the years. Like it's that's a big margin of the years. And then he was also three time finals MVP during that. And he was a two time MVP. Yeah. And then also, oh, he was a seven time first team, which means he was the best point guard in the entire NBA seven times. Well, recognized. And he was also a nine time all star. So. Nine out of the ten years. Yeah, he only missed one. So wow. you see what I'm you see what I'm saying with this pick. So yeah. let's see yours. Um, actually, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and piggyback. We're doing the same thing. Um, I'm gonna say Magic. Hmm. Uh, Magic was one that he was a very good, very special player. Uh, like like we mentioned before, when he was in the league, I mean, people didn't really understand a six nine point guard. They didn't understand that. You know, he his distribution is kind of tricks. I mean, the only person I think you ever saw do things like that was kind of like a Pete Maravich and things, but the, he did. Pete also did. He didn't have the team that magic did. He didn't have the opportunities I, that I believe, you know, that, uh, that magic had with the Lakers, you know, coming in there. I mean, you already, of course you already had Kareem, but you got magic. Then later they had worthy. They had, I mean, they had so many different um, people on the team. And like I said, I think the a big part of that, was magic magic came in and when he came in he came in and almost claimed a team that already had mm -hmm. kareem abdul jabbar on it i mean that 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 seems ridiculous that seems like something that kareem would just come in and be number one all the time and and that's not what happened i mean magic came in he had the all-star team but he was the quarterback and did it and all those different stats that you mentioned i mean i, I really don't see how he wouldn't be on the mountain he wouldn't be on mount rushmore of the 80s with all his different accolades so um i would definitely agree i think that magic number you know 
Magic's definitely up there, whether you want to say he's the number one of the 80s or not. Matt Rushmore is the top four. He is up there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, who do you got? Uh, who do you got number two, Beckham? Or who do you, not necessarily in this order. We're not doing it in a certain order. No order but at just, all. Uh, but just, so who's your next pick for Mount Rushmore? For um, my next pick is going to be Larry Legend, Larry Bird. Um, I choose him because with the Celtics, Celtics were sort of, it was them and the Lakers. That entire 80s era, it was just back and forth, back and forth. But Larry was the leader of that, and he was the leader through the entire era. There was not one person, not Kevin McHale, not you know, like not Robert Parrish, not I don't know if you've heard of Cedric Maxwell, but not him either. Like nobody on that team was above Larry Bird, and Larry's shown that through many different things. But a couple of his like accolades are like he was a three-time champion. And he was a two times finals MVP throughout that span. And he was also a three time MVP. Yeah, he was a nine time all star or a nine time first team, which, if you think about it, that means every time he was an all star, he was a first team. So it's not like Magic, where Magic was a seven time first team, but he was a nine time all star. Larry was throughout that grade. And then also, he's the 1980 Rookie of the Year over the previous pick, Magic. And he also won three three-point contests in there, which was, it was kind of unheard of for, like, like you mostly had, like, bench warmers, like, win the three-point contest back then. And then Larry came in, and Larry... Well, I think it's something, too. I mean, isn't that, isn't being a three-point, especially the a winner of a three-point contest, isn't that kind of synonymous with a guard? Yeah, mostly. So to have somebody that's a small and can also play power forward come in there and do that, I mean that that was kind of unheard of at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Not to mention, Larry also was not a chicken. He wasn't a chicken, and he certainly wasn't no plush like rich boy. Like he always he grew up like poor too, so yeah. he knew like French Lake, Indiana. We actually took a vacation there. And Saul, and there's still not a lot in French Lake, Indiana. No. <laughs> so a very nice place, but it's uh, it's not known for its its glamour. Nope. No. And also, well, even players like Bill Lane Beer, some of the roughest players like ever. Larry didn't stand down. He yeah. He always he wasn't afraid to fight somebody, and that's what I admire too. Because you have stars today like LeBron James, like Steph Curry. Kevin Durant, who, like, if they get in a fight, it's not really a fight. It's just they say something, and then they just walk away and think it'll all be yeah, fine. It's kind of a pretend fight. It wasn't It wasn't anything like the 80s where they were literally trading blows. I mean, it was it, it was pound for pound. <laughs> These guys were going at each other. It was like a UFC match. It was, it was <laughs> tough. And, um, yeah, all right. Well, once again, we agree. We don't agree on everything. So this is kind of a kind of an interesting thing. We... We did not previously look at each other's list, correct? No, sir. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't have any any sort of um, you know collaboration when it came to these lists. We just thought, well, we'll each do them. Come in here, see what happens. But uh, I gotta say, my second pick is Larry Bird. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I really the thing that I don't like is because of the glitz glamour. And again, nothing against you know Magic. Or I'm sorry, not Magic, but you know Michael Jordan or Kobe or nothing against them, but. Larry's never 
put in a GOAT conversation. And his different accolades, the way that he conducted his team, the championships that he had, you know, had with his team. I mean, when you're going up against, you know, every time there's a there's a playoff situation, championship situation, the ones he didn't win were were some against some of the greatest teams ever. So when the Celtics did not win, they lost to Magic and Kareem. They lost, you know, these teams, even the even towards the end of the decade when they lost to the bad boys. I mean, that was such a cohesive working together team that that's the only ones that could beat the Celtics. And with Larry at the helm, it's just something that I, I think it's sad because he's never put in any of those those conversations as far as a goat or as far as the, he he ran the Celtics and the Celtics were an all star team. So when you're the leader of it, it just it just puts you head and bu- head and shoulders above everybody else. And so I definitely agree. Larry Bird, number two. All right, uh, Beckham, you wanna you wanna hit us with the number three? Who you got? So number three is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, so why I chose this pick? I know you already have the stacked Lakers, like he said, with Magic Johnson, James Worthy, also some others such as Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, and then you have Kareem on there too. Well, Kareem kind of became number one on that team before Magic got there for a reason. Um, And he stayed that way while Magic was there, winning five championships, as many as Magic did. And also, he was a 10-time All-Star, which means he is different from everybody else on this list because he was an All-Star every single year of the decade. From 80 to 9, from like 80 to 89, it's just like insane because that's like unheard of. Like LeBron, even yeah, I'll bring him up again. LeBron James, he's had all-star appearances, but like he hasn't had as many as Kareem has, not even close, even with all his years, he's already missed more all-star than Kareem has ever, which means I hate it when people say that LeBron's the best because that shows like Kareem is put in the GOAT conversation, but in most people's GOAT conversations, he's like third at max. It's like, and LeBron's still, like, he still shows off that he is not as great as the others because Kareem, yeah, to do that is just unheard of, like 10 All-Stars in 10 years. He was also the 85, 1985 Finals MVP, and he was the 1980 MVP, and he was also a four-time first-team selection, which means not as much as the others on this list, but I had to like kind of level it out because of those 10 All-Stars, and he still won the MVPs, all that stuff with Magic Johnson, Worthy, and all those other all-time greats on his team. So that's why I put him here, and what's your pick, sir? Um, actually, once again, we agree. So this this sounds kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, this never happens. This, the, <laughs> we never agreed this much, um, but uh, but Kareem, um, like I said, he was just a different animal. I mean, as I had mentioned in other uh, in other discussions we've had, twenty years in the league, nineteen time All Star. I, I don't I don't think anybody can match that beat that. It, it just that seems like an unbelievable number. To have that much, I mean, it's not like he never ever got hurt. I mean, game here, game there, but he was pretty consistent. I mean, he was kind of always there um, to have a shot that to this day people can't defend. 
I mean, the hook shot with his gigantic wingspan, it, it's something that, you know, you, you, to this day, there's no, there's no answer for it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like I said, to have that all his years, I mean, of course he was a 70 star as well, but he was a star in the seventies and then he was a superstar in the eighties. The eighties were, like I said, the only ones that could compete, even compete really with the, with the bulls. I mean, not with the bulls, with the uh, Lakers would be the Celtics obviously. And then, you know, at the tail end when the, when the Pistons caught on, but that was, that was really the only, that's not really the only competition. I mean, the, the Celtics and the Lakers own the eighties. So really to put two, I mean, some people might even look at this and put two Celtics in there. I don't think that's unbelievable to think of either, but to put two Lakers at the top in the on the mountain, I, I don't think that's unbelievable to be honest, as, as, as dominant as they were, you know, there's, there's, there's few teams that are as dominant as the Lakers were in the eighties. So, um, so yeah, with, with cream, I think no doubt. So yeah, that's who I have as number three. So, all right. Well, let, let's see if we can make it a perfect four. What's your <laughs> what's your fourth pick? I, I can't believe we've gotten this far, but I cannot imagine that we're going to agree on all four, but let's try it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I really didn't think you were about to say Kareem, to be honest. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like Isaiah Thomas. or Isaiah was good. Isaiah's really good. Or, but, I mean, that we're talking the mountain. Who's on the mountain? I mean, that that's where it really, what it comes down to. and. Like I said, I agree. Kareem should be in the conversation of goat, and he's never put really that high. And he, with all the stuff he's done, he should be higher than than he than he's put most of the time. So, all right, number four. Okay, so my last pick is something that I think everybody should agree with. This is just my opinion: is Michael Jordan. Now, hear me out, hear me out, because okay. I know a lot of you guys are like, 90s, no, you're wrong. He didn't win a single championship. Bad Boys Pistons beat him down every year. No. So, well, the thing is, you're right about the things that I just said, but there's other factors that make him number four, or at least in the top four, depending on how you see it. Okay. So, he was the 88 MVP, 1988. Which, I mean, that's above Kareem, Magic, Larry Bird. That's above all of them. He was the MVP. And you got to think, Jordan didn't have a team. Jordan really didn't. He had Scottie Pippen, who was basically a rookie at that point. He was because he got drafted in 1987. So Pippen was a rookie. And, I mean, he wasn't nearly what he was when they had their championships then. And he didn't have Horace Grant. He didn't have Dennis Robin, no Tony Kukoc, no Steve Kerr, no Ron Harper. Well, I think like, that's really what built the Bulls up. That's what made them what they were is having Jordan, then having Pippen. And then when they brought in Phil Jackson, they said, okay, we can make a run at these championships, but we got to tweak a little bit. Yeah. We can't just do it with those couple guys. So, but, yeah. But um, he was also a five-time All-Star which is the lowest on this list, but that's still like to even be a one-time all-star in that era is just like, that's insane because that was rough and tough era. No one mess. If you messed with someone, you better be ready to just get a fist here straight. I, I would, face. I would definitely <laughs> agree that I think it's a lot different than today. 
because when you have ones like, you know, LeBron, Giannis, not that they're not good players, I would say, but the thing is, is that most time, most of the time they're not challenged. Steph Curry just recently got the all time, you know, most three pointers of all time. How many of those are contested? I mean, a lot of times he's standing there by himself and the person's five, six, seven feet away from him and they just let him shoot. They're, they're not even contested. LeBron goes in the goes in the hole or goes in the in the lane. How how many times is LeBron knocked down? Every single time, you know, and I'm just making this argument towards towards Jordan or even any of the other guys on this list, really in the 80s, you had you went in the lane, you had to fight to get a point. You had to fight for respect. You had to do you didn't do a Giannis where he just sits there and, and does a little shuffle at the three-point line, runs up, and nobody even Nobody even touches him. Lame beer would have took him down like it was Ray Lewis against someone else. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it would have been a football game, definitely. <laughs> and that, that stuff, I mean, not saying it's good, bad, whatever, but it was a different era, and you really had to fight for your position. These guys didn't do that. They don't do that nowadays. Yeah, so. but a um, couple other points of my argument is he was the 1985 Rookie of the Year over players such as John Stockton and Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, he was also – the 1988 Defensive Player of the Year, which has not happened yet, which is very cool because you had players such as Dennis Rodman coming in. And, I mean, he wasn't the, like, Defensive Player of the Year yet then, but he was still, like, you had him there. You had, I mean... You had good defenders, but you didn't have somebody that would be Defensive Player of the Year and Scoring Champion or Rookie of the Year or did it all the accolades that he got in the first few years. I mean, defensive player isn't usually added. It's usually when you have ones like a, like a Rodman or like a, I think Draymond's got it or Rudy Gobert or whatever. They don't have two or three record things at that time. It's just, that's their, they're the defensive guy. Yeah. There's not very many players that do that. So yeah, Jordan did. When he's saying the scoring champion, that is the last thing that I'm going to get to is Jordan was a three time scoring champion also, which one of the seasons, he recorded 35 points a game, which is absolutely just unheard of. That's some of the most ever. Like, and he, that was like, what, second, third season or something? He wasn't, he wasn't that far into the league yet, and he still he already figured recorded that. that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he went up against Magic, the Lakers, and Larry Birds, Celtics, and I mean, they basically were like the game plan is get Jordan. That's how we win. Yeah, that's their whole. That's their whole plan. They might win by like two points, but like yeah. still. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what's yours? Okay. Well, we finally we finally come to an impasse. We finally come to the fourth player. I do not agree is Jordan. Oh, so my final pick, and I'll explain why. My final pick is none other than. Moses Malone. Oh, now the reason that I put Moses on there again, he's had great stats. You know, he, he, he averaged a double, double, you know, in the eighties. I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy. And really, I mean, he, he was finals MVP 83. He had a 83 champion. I mean, it's, I think, I, I think we can all agree that it's a, it's a very tough feat to, you have to be really, really, really good. If you're ever going to make the Sixers a champion, right? Okay. No. Come on. <laughs> Guys, if you guys didn't know, which y'all don't, I'm a Sixers fan, and he makes fun of it all the time. But um, I make fun of how he's a fan of nobody right now. So, no, yeah. but uh, 
no, but seriously, um, like I said, Moses, he was a fan. He, he was a star of the seventies. Uh, he went into the eighties. I mean, he, he literally played, I mean, he, he played 88, 89, whatever. He played the 10 seasons. He, he played all of the eighties. He began in the seventies. Um, and really, I mean, when you, when you got Dr. J coming over and being on his team and all that, that's what took them to the next level. Uh, but so it's not saying, I mean, like a lot of these guys, none of these guys really came in probably the closest one that would have been a champion by himself probably would have been Jordan. Um, but he couldn't do it by himself. And I think when you had Moses, even though he did have a decent, you know, crew around him with the Sixers, once Dr. J came in, it just, it just took the next level. And so that's why I would say Moses for number four. I mean, he, in, in a, in an era where you were dominated by big men, he was a big man and he dominated and, you know, double, double against all. I mean, we could, we could have a whole nother podcast where all I'm doing is talking about all the different power forwards and centers of the eighties to average double, double seems crazy. I mean, that, that just seems, um, you know, just seems unbelievable. So like I said, I mean, what he did, what he accomplished, um, it, I, the only reason that I don't put Jordan is because there, well, there's two people that I wouldn't put on that fourth pedestal and that's Jordan and Dr. J. And the reason why is because when we're specifically talking about the eighties, even though he was in the five seasons, Jordan was still, he was coming into it towards the later half. Dr. J coming into the league, doing what he could doing great in the beginning half Moses all the eighties whole time. So, I mean, he, he had a dominating force through the entire thing. And like I said, nothing to take away from Jordan or Dr. J. I mean, both those guys are in the goat conversation all the time. Um, but when I'm saying Mount Rushmore and I'm specifically talking about the 1980s, I just think that Moses is more of a dominating force. I mean, to have him, him go up and he's taking care of the big men while you have ones like Dr. J and things like that, that are doing the flashy stuff. I mean, Moses was holding it down. So that's, uh, yep. I can't agree with you with Michael in the last one. I'm gonna have to say, uh, have to say Moses for that last pick. So, well, wow. I have respect for what you said, <laughs> but why I didn't choose Moses is because with Michael, he had nobody on his team. And I mean, Moses had people on his team like each time. If you look at it, Moses on almost every single one of his teams had at least one star on his team with him. Yeah, he did. And Jordan didn't have that at all in the 80s. Scotty like was not a star. Like I said, the whole reason why I didn't put Jordan there is just because it was just the second half. I mean, as as, as we clearly see in the 90s, there's no no question of who is the number one person for Mount Rushmore of the 90s. And that's Jordan. I mean, there's no question about that. But the thing is, is when you're looking at only 80s, the only reason I don't have him in there is because he really only played in half of it, even though he was dominating, even though he did great. That's the only reason why he's not in this top four for me. Yeah. Um, so. so two players, because he said two players that he, he would like are right outside. Two players that I put right outside. I would put Isaiah Thomas right outside of there yeah. because during those two championships, he was the dude. Like he led the team for the Pistons, and he has some accol—he has some accolades himself. But um, another person that I didn't put in there is probably Moses, because Moses, I respect him, but just with, like, I think that Michael is just undeniable 
the scoring, the defense. I think he had it all, but I I respect the whole little thing with he was only the later half. Well, I think that about wraps it up. So do you have anything else to say? Um, no, I think I mean we three out of four ain't bad. Um, I'm surprised we got that far without with yeah <laughs> with everything being similar, but uh, of course there's gonna be one. So um no, I think that wraps it up. Well, um I guess I just have to say thank you guys for watching. All right. Yeah. Well, you guys have a good uh good day and we'll check you later. Thank you all for listening to our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed. My name is Beckham. And I'm his dad. And that was The Basketball Kid.